This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, and with me, Cam Rusland, today we have the returns of, she is um, an independent scholar, a playwright and researcher. She is Dr. Anne Lee. Hi, Cam. We've got everything in there. <laughs> and he is a troubadour and educator. He is Asmil Yunor. Hello, hello. Nice to be back. Uh, who has also, I think, just recently um, released a new album, which we will plug more later. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so uh, our three topics this week will be, topic number one is Bungie and Halal Consumerism. Topic number two is ABBA. And finally, topic number three is uh, censorship. I was going to say index, but that's wrong, isn't it? Uh, and help me out here. It's, it's the censorship chronology. Of censorship. my art memory project, yeah. Right. Censorship chronology sounds so much better. So, uh, Asmil, one of the best topic titles we've ever had, Bungie <laughs> and Halal Consumerism. Yeah, well, uh, I'm from Bangi, which, which is actually Banda Baru Bangi. There's old Bangi town. But if you're from this hood, you just say Bangi. And, you know, this is my kind of adopted town. I grew up in KL, the hard KL, but we moved there when I was 12. So I've been here about 30-odd years. Um, but Bangi has risen from being a sleepy kind of factory and educational town. Uh, UKM, University, National University is here. And there's a lot of training institutes and stuff. But I think everything really changed when Putrajaya opened and it's become a hub for all things consumerist and pious and Malay and halal. Um, so it's... Um, I, that must that development has been the last twenty years, and I think this this town was designed as a mini Shahalam. I found some documents online. Uh, this is why I do a lot. Man. I googled about Bangi's history and found some PDFs of some research papers that had like old maps of Bangi. I've always been fascinated with this area because apparently the old name of Bangi was West Country. It was an estate, like in in English, literally West Country. Yeah. It was called West Country Estate before it was developed into... And actually, there's remnants of that. There's a Tamil school right at the border between Bandar Baru Bangi and Kajang. And it's a Tamil school. It's called, I think it's Sekolah Tamil West Country, if I'm not mistaken. So all these this bits of history is fascinating to me. But yeah, so okay. So you're the, um, the, you're the only historian of Bangi, I'm, I think we can safely say. <laughs> I'm going to guess. I'll do your walking tour here. No problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Finally. But you said halal consumerism. What's yes. that about? So I, I found it interesting because I've observed this because I've, I feel, and I, I've traversed the, the plus highway in North and South a lot because I tour and, you know, and, um, and, I, and I'm actually investor in the plus highway because I've been paying the toll for the last 20 odd years, you know, so I'm a shareholder. <laughs> um, uh, but um, between the Bangi toll, the plus highway, the Southern part, between Bangi and I, I would say the Kajang exit, which is just, this, uh, this is a stretch of maybe about four or five kilometers. I believe it has the highest number of, of billboards selling <laughs> dodgy <laughs> the, the, uh, products that are probably sold as halal because you would see ladies in hijabs and, you know, mm-hmm. piety is a big part of these billboards. But they're illegal billboards on like, I think one is like Islamic institutions land and they've got a billboard there. But one thing, I'll never forget this moment. There was one time I was late for a gig. I came back from JB from a gig. 
I'm supposed to be in public uh, for another show. So there was a storm apparently. So I was rushing past Bangi and Kajang. Apparently the storm had blown all those dodgy billboards down. The wrath of, of God had yeah. like, stopped <laughs> selling this, this crap. So, so but, but aside from that, Bangi has become the new hub for, let's say, Hari Raya shopping. You know? Um, I think in the 90s would have been downtown, Jalan Masjid, India, you know? Um, yeah. With my yucky and all that. It's moved yeah. out to, to, to Bangi. Bangi is very Malay, it has to be said. But very, I, very, I, very Malay. Bit, I think I'm being a bit unfair, though. We don't necessarily know that these uh, billboards are, one, illegal, and two, the product products are dodgy. They're just... Oh, I'm fascinated by those billboards, yeah. too. But I think that yeah. one of the things is it's it's the one place where um, a budding entrepreneur can, yes. can feel that they're getting uh, a bang for their buck in advertising in one shot. Yes. And this is this is very this is very personality of cult sort of yeah. cult of personality advertising is their face they put a the handphone number there and yeah, the name but, but it's, yeah but it's dodgy because they'll be they'll be selling pills where you they'll promise like oh take this pill uh, in one week your skin will turn fairer and you lose like weight so for me I think you're dead that's why you you've lost <laughs> <laughs> complexion and you're you're lighter so yeah. so but. Hey, Anne, true. Anne, but can I ask, Anne, Anne you are uh, an academic. Uh, I don't know if you've been to Bangi. I mean, a lot of... Lot of uh, sure, I've been to Bangi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> institutions there. Uh, have, you, have you witnessed this uh, halal consumerism hub aspect? Well, and not, not, I mean, Bangi as reflective in general of like any highway nowadays, I think, you know, um, from, of course, this is now over a year ago um but i think there is a rise there's been a rise in the kind of that halal consumerism and uh somehow it's allowed i think i think you know what i as we mentioned that you know it's it, they're illegit i think because you don't see any there's normally registration numbers and all yep. of that make sure that it's it's bona fide right yeah. um but yes, you, it, the idea is you just see female face, she pakai tudong, and then boom, that, that, that's enough for it to be halal. But yeah, the claims of some of the products, uh, <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's usually like a lot of cosmetics, right? Dieting, yes. Um, yes. Uh, I think maybe good old erectile dysfunction. Um, yes. <laughs> And um, there was one guy that was very novel. He put his billboard upside down and yep. people thought it was a mistake. You know, there was this guy selling something. It's just like him pointing with a thumbs up. I thought and it was he, brilliant because... And he spent yeah. a lot of money because there were lots of his poster. Oh, definitely. Just for that, man. Yeah. yeah. It's not cheap to get those billboards, right? Yeah. yeah. My favorite one was not actually a halal um, hub <laughs> thing, but it was uh, it was for cables. You know, cable, just... Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, I use that in, like, I teach it in class. Yeah. All yeah, cables, and- uh, what? Stronger or better or something no, like well, that. The, the tagline was, they're cheaper than you think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they got a girl there, right? Yeah. Like, got nothing to do with the cable. Yeah. It's, but uh, yeah, but how, how is a cable halal anyway? No, I don't say <laughs> no, that. No, that was, that was, that was, that was across the country. Yeah, that was across. I, yeah, yeah, I remember so, seeing a, a long... Yeah. But I mean, like, but, but what, what I'm getting to about Bangi, I think is just, it's, like, it's almost like a mini Disney of Malayness. It's like a theme park. Of like food, Malay food, you can get spread from the whole country here. Um, shopping, uh, especially you know, if if I was a trader, I I would trade in in the halal industry, particularly selling cloth because you need a lot of it. And I think it's a big boom. There's one area here, 
um, entire block of shop lots that is just selling cloth. And it's amazing because um, this is a time, Ramadan, even closer to, to Raya, the traffic, it will be yeah. in a standstill. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, but so, this is not, this is, Bangi is not the entire spectrum of uh, economic background of Malenas. I mean, it's, it's, it's a middle class. It is middle class. Um, and Excellent. among the Malay community, yeah, if you're from Bangi, you're pretty much middle class Malay or mm. well off, you know, in the sense. Not, not, uh, not Bukit Tunku or Kenny Hills kind of well off, but, you know, above the B40 and heading your way up. So you, you, there's a lot of display of Malay wealth and piety too. So it's very conservative, but at the same time, um, still very lush. It's kind of a, but I always felt that, that's why I was obsessed about the idea that, that's why my new album was called Jombangi Blues, is, is essentially about the, the Malay middle, the middle Malaysia or middle Malay experience of, of life in a consumerist age, really. It's, but, um, but, but can I, we must move on in a moment, but I can, uh, you're describing a place which I wouldn't associate with Asmil Yuno. Yes. Um, <laughs> but you, you, you like it there, do you? You like it? Yeah. Um, it's my, it's sort of my bad cave. So um, now I find it interesting because nobody knows me here. You know, I mean, I think a lot of people who live long enough someplace and if you're a musician or what, people know you. I like the fact that People can't leave you alone, but they're friendly. But I can't help but see contradiction because you know, I see the different Malaysias, right? In, mm. in the kind of work I do. I made that made the assessment that this is kind of representative of halal consumerism, middle Malaysia, where Bangi is sort of like uh, emblematic of that based on yeah, the kind of places I've seen before. Okay, and well, people's perception about the place. Well, when, when the yeah, time yeah. comes, post-COVID, uh, we'll do that, that Bangi walking tour. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. More than happy. Um, I mean, there's there's hardly a lot of sidewalks, and that's part of the trail. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, well, we'll go and eat a lot of Malay food. Okay. <laughs> so, Bangiem and uh, Malay consumerism. Hello, sorry, hello, consumerism. Um, and I know there are a lot, there are a lot, there are a lot of BFM listeners who are from Bangi. I've seen you guys in traffic jams with your BF stickers. So hopefully you're listening in and oh. Bangi represent. This yeah. goes to you. Bangi FM. Uh, Bangi FM, yes. Finally, we know what the <laughs> FM stands for. Yes. Uh, so we move on, though, to uh, topic number two, uh, ABBA. Now, this is actually an issue that's been uh, following me, plaguing me my entire life. Um, ABBA, the famous legendary Swedish pop combo, back in the 70s and 80s, I hated ABBA. I, I, they were not me. I was going and doing my David Bowie thing, and I, I didn't have time. Ugh. ABBA rubbish. But then in the 90s, though, I finally listened to ABBA and I realized, oh, my God, they're brilliant. And then I have these sudden uh, obsessions. And so recently I had a, a, a ABBA obsession again. And I listened to them because I suddenly thought, oh, my God, the voices, the, the voices of those two women, they're doing something special with those voices. Those aren't, that's not just two women singing together. There's something special going on. So I, I listened and I studied it and I realized they're even more brilliant than I thought. And so it kind of raised the question for me is that back in the, the 80s, I, I, I didn't absorb ABBA. And I'm wondering if, did I miss out on things? Because I was building a, curating a wall around me, a cultural wall, and saying, you know, these things can come in because they, they uh, can build and reflect my sense of self-identity. 
but the other things can go away. And I almost felt like I needed to hate them. They weren't necessarily <laughs> bad, but I, I said, this is me, that's them and they're rubbish. And I'm wondering if I, I missed out on things. And I, I don't think we can, we can like everything, but, yeah. but uh, perhaps I was more fascistic as it were in, in, in my, my, my desire to create a self-identity. But uh, I don't know, Asmil, you're, you're a, Pop star, pop icon. Sorry, um, <laughs> pop icon. Yeah. Well, you've got to go to Bangit so that you. <laughs> I, so I need a, I need a billboard. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I'm gonna be endorsing some some yeah. kurma. Uh, but but no, I mean you were young, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's just a folly of youth. You know, you gotta yeah, like you know, Tony Montana say, hey, the bad guy. You know, look at the bad guy. And then you, we all we need bad guys. We need bad guys in our youth, right? So you identify with the pop pop icons are perfect. Um, sort of targets for you know when you're trying to be a cool young person, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, ABBA was about fitting in, in, in yeah. among people. I, I didn't especially, I mean, I enjoyed like singing with the school friends, I enjoyed you know people putting up posters and you know that whole thing around a, a, a band that's popular. Uh, yeah. um, they weren't exactly sort of people to have crutches on, but um, <laughs> uh, I think I think I think it's to me it's you know you 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 were some kind of solitary genius maybe Cam you were you, who were you listening to and how by the way how are Abba brilliant? Oh, and <laughs> we 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 haven't time to to no. Can I just say with the, for or how very quickly then one thing that they did with the voices. So there are two women, and yeah. one the the blonde Ag Agneta is a soprano, uh, whereas the brunette uh, Frida is a mezzo soprano. Yeah. She has a slightly lower voice. So they were constantly trying to push the the lower register voice to push her voice so that she's stretching her voice. And likewise, the, the higher person's voice to push it down so that she's also straining her voice in her own way. And mm. then they would record these voices ha harmonizing, but then they would also record it again. And then they would play it over yeah. the first track slightly faster. And, and I don't really know how this works. Asma, you might know this from, from recording studios, that when you put those things together, you build this epic, larger yeah. sound. Yeah. And um, I just, it's, it's brilliant. And it yeah, but I, I, I think the credit must go also to the team, the ABBA team, right? Also the, the, the producers and the and But I think that was, that was um, what make them, when you, when you hear ABBA song, you know it's an ABBA song, right? Yeah. And that's because of the sonic uh, yeah, productions yeah. and... And no well, one of else has ever... Yeah, the songwriting's I, I, good too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if young people will rediscover ever i don't know i mean there are the, the movies i'm are sure big. they have i don't know i mean the movies are big but it's still it's still appealing to a certain demographic actually you know our age dare i say <laughs> but even long past they, they they had their rejuvenation some years yeah, ago yeah. right mm. i mean pop culture is always recycling and it always goes cyclical so so abba is it will it'll be in it might be in now i don't know but you know they will always find nudge where they, their way into Hmm. Pop culture again but but did either of you did you i mean okay let's say it's it was youth but are you even now as, as older people are you do you think that you're deliberately shielding yourself from from absorbing uh cultural influences hmm. i think i think I, i'm guilty of it myself i think i i can safely say <laughs> one area which is actually indian cinema 
I'm okay. not saying that I think that all Indian cinema is terrible, but I've, I've, because, because Indian cinema is just this enormous world. And once you get in there, yeah. it's just, I can't possibly take it all in. I kind of deliberately say to myself, I'm not going to try at all. Because it's because the range is it from you got the Sajiri to the Bollywood. It's too broad. Yeah. It's hard to get into. Okay. Yeah. And I'm sure it's brilliant. I can relate brilliant to you. So like going to a buffet and you know where you want to start, right? <laughs> but again, I think it's because it's it's like your affinity to you know your your I mean I don't know why you pick Indian cinema, uh, but the principle here is you're saying that you need to be selective, right? And but there's also age. Now at this age, you would be kind of less, possibly less tolerant, typically speaking. You know, you've kind of decided what you want or there's only so much bandwidth, blah, 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 that kind of idea. Yeah. I, and, and I hate myself for it because I'm also like, I really love Korean movies. And but almost my love for Korean movies makes me think, well, therefore I can't watch Indian films. <laughs> you, oh, really? I like that. Right? <laughs> I don't know. It's like I, I, I've I, done it again. You know, this sort of, this, uh, that one I don't get. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I know, but I think, but yeah. also, it's simply because Indian cinema is just too damn big. I don't yeah. know. I can't. The sheer enormous, yeah, it's it's, it's huge, and there's just, uh, yeah, it's hard to put a finger on. I understand that, but yeah. I mean, like, but in terms of like you saying that it's impossible for us to know everything, that's fine. I mean, but you know, um, I think most of us only. But having said that, practice. I think it's good to open, keep your mind open, right? Yeah. 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 So I, I know that it's there and, and I need to do it. I need to do my Indian cinema deep dive and, and it'll be the new ABBA for me. The, it'll be yeah. the ABBA of cinema. Even and I'll better. Be like going on to everybody. <laughs> Have you seen? Duly brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Let yeah. uh, well, Dr. Azmail uh, diagnose uh, come here. It's like, how serious is your ABBA rediscovery? Are you going out buying all the vinyls? No. Uh, actually, okay, no. Then it's okay. La. <laughs> it's, <laughs> all right, la. it's in control. <laughs> it? It's kind of like, you know, it can, be, it, can, it can be a very long time on YouTube. Though. Just one more song. Just one more. And then, uh, anyway. So I've got to move on, though. Um, something completely different. Uh, and we're going to be talking about the uh, censorship chronology here on uh, Bitter Culture, BFM 89.9. And we're back with myself, Cam Raslan, Azmil Yunor, and now Dr. Anne Lee and the censorship chronology. What's that about, Anne? Okay, well, the censorship chronology is part of the um, My Art Memory Project, um, which is a digital project by Five Art Centre, led by Kathy Rowland, um, who, you know, if you're in the arts, she's... she's you know, one of those key movers and shakers. And the censorship chronology, uh, this is, so this is a, um, it's, it's part of the Malaya, Malaysia Performing Arts Archive. Um, so myartmemoryproject.com is where you find this archive. And it's got articles, it's got programs, um, and it has one section on censorship, the censorship chronology. And this, this basically is documenting censorship over an 80 year period. The first entry is around, um, is from uh, 1941, um, looking at the Japanese occupation right up until present day. And yeah. um, I've, I'm a researcher on it together with uh, uh, Hasri and, sorry, Hasri Haile. Uh, it's a very useful archive in that um, it really documents incidents of censorship. 
and for scholars or for those interested in the arts, this is, or indeed around broader issues of freedom of expression, um, this archive is, is very interesting. Um, so for example, the range of, it, it goes across four areas, uh, sorry, five, five or six areas, culture, performance, visual arts, literature, film and TV and music. So, and it's basically a timeline. You, you go across from 1941 up until present day. So if I can tell you some of the entries that are in there, um, which are quite interesting. It begins with basically the Japanese occupation uh, and restrictions imposed on staging of any live performances such as Bangsawan. So, you know, official performance like today is, you know, permission was necessary to, to present live shows uh, and performance troops were required to stage Japanese propaganda stories. Um, uh, in 1955, there's something, there's The Farmer and the Wolf, it's, it's a Chinese folktale that was performed by the Singapore Chinese Middle School Students uh, Union. Um, remembering this is, um, you know, from pre-war. Uh, and uh, that's staged at the Pan-Malayan Students Federation Union's Cultural Festival. And it's banned by the Education Department because of the killing of the wolf was too realistic. Um, which makes you kind of think, well, you know, what, what, what did the wolf actually represent? Uh, uh, and, 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 wow, what a thrill, something as a you know, school students union. Um, and in 1962, the Malay Shorthand Association called on the government to ban yellow culture, uh, including striptease, rock and roll, and the hula hoop. Um, and the call appears to, you know, have been prompted by the inclusion of belly dancing, in the Merdeka Day celebrations of that year. So um, what, is, what is yellow culture? Uh, yeah, well, that's right. Um, it, it, it included, it was understood to include striptease, rock and roll, and the hula hoop. I mean, yeah. you know, I think the term- oh. They call that, yeah, Budaya yeah. Kuning. Yeah, yeah Budaya Kuning, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and there's this entries, it's not just Sumananjung focused, there's 1978, the Dr. Peter Majuntin book. There's a book written by Bernard Star Maria. Uh, now he was one of the six Kadazans who died in the controversial crash uh, of the, that included Tun Muhammad Fuat Stevens, you know, who was then Sabah Menteri um, And But the book has been banned um, under the Internal Security Act because it contains extreme criticisms against the federal government. Um, a play such as in 1980, a play about a Vietnamese uh, boat people is banned because it was, quote, diplomatic, diplomatically embarrassing to the government. Um, but interestingly enough, six years later, it's staged without incident. Uh, ah, one, one for you. Male entertainers with long hair are banned from public oh, yes. TV. Actually, a photograph of, do you remember, of, of then yes. Minister of Information, Thomas, cutting the yeah. hair of Amy of Search uh, and yeah. uh, Owie of Wings. Um, yeah. On TV, yeah, on I think TV. first, yeah, first November, right? That was like first November 1992, was it? Uh, I'm not sure about first November, but yes, November. Um, yeah. I, I just remember it's a 1992 event. Yeah, and, you know, the idea is that you know, it shouldn't be longer than shoulder length. Which, <laughs> hang on a minute, what? <laughs> that, I think um, that, was, that was the day when the music died in Malaysia. I we know, can, right? We can, we can nail it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's. it's uh... With with that long hair one though, Singapore did it first. Singapore went first with the long hair by by like five years, didn't they? Yeah. 
Uh, Malaysia copy Singapore. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I think, and there's there's uh, yeah, there's actually a um, satirical cartoon done about it, which actually, but it favors it favors Tokmak against ah. the the um, against. Oof, yeah. yeah. Can I ask? And you, this is a an archive. Yeah. So yeah. it's not just a list. There, you're actually document. You're actually archiving the the banned things as well. Are you or? Yes, yes. It, it, they, the entries are basically because so understanding that a sort of simple definition of censorship is, you know, when materials are examined, say, you know, for objectionable matter and material that is con for, considered sensitive or harmful is, is either suppressed or, or deleted. So they're just short paragraphs, really, but leading you to links to other online links. Um, and it, it, it's documentation of outright banning but also kind of includes controversies. Um, mm. uh, and a lot of it is about state censorship, but, and you can see, you know, instances of, it doesn't matter which political party, you know, or uh, 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 whether in power or not, um, there is censorship that occurs. Um, mm. And uh, you, this source is important because by by kind of leaving it as 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 factual as possible, then then researchers can come to this and build and see what patterns there are. I mean, there are yeah. certain obvious things you can see. You know, sometimes it's really arbitrary, um, it's literal. Sometimes it's inexplicable. Maybe one of the more interesting aspects is that it kind of works to kind of demonstrate this thing of what Judith Butler calls the performative contradiction. You know, you are showing things that are, uh, uh, have been said that cannot be shown. You know, so re right up until recently when uh, um, the, I think it's the past deputy um, uh, secretary of youth uh, wants to make a police report about Fami Reza's um, latest work. Oh. He actually shows it up. He shows it as he's talking about yeah. it. Uh, yeah. uh, and this is, you know, Butler's idea that, you know, you can, you can never, it's, it's unstable. If you try and control, you cannot necessary control because you're going to have to talk about what you're not supposed to be talking about mm. um but so, yeah. but anyway uh um the these they stretch across different uh genres and different culture and art sectors so in in that sense you can see you know things from music literature film visual arts uh, 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 uh and culture but anne this uh, chronology is it's a presumably it's across languages as well yes 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 so it's not just English or... Well. No, no, no. Uh, I mean, well, the, one of the examples that I, I gave you uh, was the, the, you know, the Chinese middle school students' folktale performance. Another example would be 1998. I mean, apart from kind of being such an integral event, there's the banning of Perkara Halal. Um, continuing the Halal theme from Azmil, <laughs> a segue there, by Azizan uh, Paiman, um, which he was, uh, his work was part of the 1997 um, contemporary show at Balai, at the Balai Sini uh, uh, Nagara, the National Art Gallery. And his work featured plastic feces below a gilded chair. Uh, wow. and, and the idea was, it was a comment on the manipulation yeah, of, okay. of yeah, more, yeah. you know, naive people, oral kampung by 
corrupt politician. Yeah, I think we know. What, I think we know what he means. <laughs> okay, well, you know, because, need because we need it banned. We need it banned in case yeah, you, know, yeah. you know people not only know what it means, but then yeah, but it's quite a simple one, really. Yeah. Yes. Easy one to cr crack that code. Well, there's also the, you know the infamous novel by our national laureate Shannon Ahmad. Uh, oh, yeah, yep. yep, we know um, that one too. Yeah, but what about the the strange ones like uh, Prince of Persia? Wasn't that um, the movie Prince uh, of Persia? Wasn't that was banned, right? Yeah, yeah. You mean Disney movies? Yeah, and and surprisingly, yeah, Babe, the movie about the pig, was not banned. I never understood that. <laughs> well, well the, the thing is, yeah, you see, because then then there's a kind of what is a ban? It's actually sometimes it's not actually a ban. It's just refusal. It's either specifically refusal to give performance yeah. a performance license right or it's just kind of like uh, understood a quiet whisper and you yeah. just take it down there's nothing official you know um and it, you know infamously i think uh uh the you know one of the sh shows that you would know about cam uh, the instant cafe show um um again um bollywood the uh second first bollywood awards um when the officers from DBKL came, they, they did actually say, as, as reported by um, um, Joe Kukatas, uh, you know, director of the show and performer, uh, some of us will know her. Uh, she said, you know, the, the, the officer said, you know what to do. There's no written um, specification about what is, is required <laughs> to change. You, you do it yourself. So, mm, uh, um, and, you know, I think that, of course, censorship is complex, um, but in this way, you have a, a, a ream of events which you can look at and, and look to analyze to find um, more interesting patterns, I think, about. And it's the best marketing strategy to have, to have something banned. It's free, free media coverage. It's, the, it's performative contradiction all over, isn't it? To get something banned, like well, a piece of music, especially if you're mediated, like music or film. Have you been banned, Osmond? No, but uh, somebody told me one they wouldn't play one of my songs because I had the word anjing in it. Okay. <laughs> so right. yeah, that's what so, I was told. Like, yeah, yeah just, dogs don't exist in the Malay world. And the sales just racked up. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we, we move. I just one more time. And what's what's the website? How? It's uh, www.myartmemoryproject.com. Okay, yeah. so so we move on now to uh, recommendations, where we recommend something that we think might be of interest. And Azmil's going to go first. All right, I would recommend. Uh, I don't know if I recommended this before. Uh, the late Jim Madasami, the ex bassist of Blues Gang, he actually uh, released an album posthumously um, last year. Um, unfortunately, the album, a small label, actually from Bangi, of all places. I managed to trace the album and I bought the CD from the guy who, was, who runs label. In, he lives in Bangi and they had funding. But nevertheless, I spoke to uh, the Blues Gang guitarist, the legendary Julian Mokta, and he said they actually recorded the album about 10 years ago. So I only saw Light of Day after he passed away. Jim uh, Adasami passed away. So, but it's a wonderful album. It's, it's a Tamil blues album. So the songs are all in Tamil. The music is pretty much the blues gang, uh, save for Ito. Ito's not there. He doesn't play harmonica. But it's basically the blues gang, but with Jim Adasami singing. And really, just wonderful music I thought was overlooked. It's such a local flavor to me. 
without you know with modern instruments without the tradition you know the typical way of saying something that's Malaysian right but yeah I would recommend it because yeah unfortunately the album just it had a major sort of launch like ministers came and such I read the article came on but the article wrote about everything but the music which is typical if something gets funded that way so check it out Jim Madasami uh, just I think it's on Shopee the guy was selling the album on Shopee so since everybody's on Shopee now Yeah, Shopee's yeah, got everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So go there, look for Jima Dasami's album. Um, it's worth it if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're curious about Malaysian music. That was my album of the year, 2020. See, I didn't even know that he passed away, actually. Uh, he, he was quite a virtuoso bass player. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, That's okay, well, well, uh, cool. And uh, available on Shopee. Uh, the name, yeah. Sorry, the name of the album again, one more time. Just search uh, the name. What's the album title name? I think you just just search Jim Adasami. His name will come okay. up. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic album. Okay. The, the album's in, in Tamil. I can't. I don't have the album in my hand right now. Can't read it. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, my recommendation is because I'm in I'm, I'm in the spirit of uh, confessing um, things that I, I I like, which I previously said I didn't like, and uh, and so <laughs> I, I've already I've already come I've already outed myself with ABBA. And so uh, what I want to confess, I mean, it's very lame, not Malaysian thing at all. Um, Dolly Parton. Ah, You're on a roll, man. <laughs> yep. Fantastic. Yep. I'm burning bridges everywhere. People are like, what? Um, <laughs> I I have grown to really re- respect, certainly respect, uh, and I re- admire the music of Dolly Parton. I mean, uh, country music I'm, in general. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Asmil, you're probably like, you know. So like, many songs. Yeah, 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 I'm not really into, I don't really, uh, it's like, well, you know, a bunch <laughs> okay. of rednecks singing about, I don't know. Hey, don't say that. <laughs> well, yeah. I, it leaves me cold. It leaves me cold. But, um, <laughs> but Dolly Parton, on the other hand, um, a woman of real business genius, who's who's had a very long and successful yep. career when so many other people have failed. Uh, she's even created her own um, theme park, Dolly World. <laughs> um Yep. She's um she's quite remarkable and her music is really very good. So okay, um, it's not so much a recommendation as a as a Dolly Parton anonymous kind of um, uh, sort of confession. Uh, but also, she also gave a million bucks to I can't remember which one it was to develop the um, the COVID nineteen vaccine. Mm. There you go. She's timeless. Dolly yeah. still looks like Dolly, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So my my recommendation is. Dolly Parton. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Anne, what's your recommendation? Well, um, okay. I, I, I suppose this becomes a bit more formal um, it, to do with the um, uh, Boulan Poissa. Uh, I saw you're making an effort to, to, to sort of read work that um, as a, what, how to say, Kachukan Muslim. If you're a citizen of a country where Islam is the uh, uh, official religion, maybe that makes you a Kashyyyk Muslim, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so I, you know, so many times there's so many quotes by Rumi, you know, um, uh, 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 and I just thought, okay, how do I tell one from another really? So so I thought, okay, I'm going, I'm going to buy uh, his work, the Masnavi. Um, there's four books as far as I know, um, but I'm going starting with book one or six. And this is a translation by Jawed Mojadevi, and it's under Oxford uh, World Classics. Um, and I've just started it, and I 
it, this is a work that's, I think it's well known, right? It, it's considered the greatest Sufi poem um, um, ever written and has even been called the Quran in Persian. But he's a 13th century Muslim uh, mystic. He composes this as part of, um, you know, for the benefit of his disciples to understand uh, more. I mean, in a formal sense, it's actually written in couple couplets. So, so it actually rhymes in a way as a form that, um, because uh, Masnavi is a form as I understand, of poetry itself. It's not like it's um, 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 any other meaning. So it, it refers to, you know, the sonnet of sonnets, perhaps, you know, that might be another more kind of more obvious way to say it, but it, it is, um, I'm starting to read it. Of course, it's, it's, it, it is, it's the kind of thing that, you know, you, you get past five lines and then you have to stop because there's a lot to think about. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know about four books or six books, but wow. um, I am really, uh, um, I am, I, I find it uh, enjoyable. I find it is, is it is stimulating. And, um, and for those who kind of um, want some poetry to match some spirituality of uh, uh, the, the religion of the moment, um, then I recommend Rumi's The Masnavi. How far are huh? you digging? Uh, oh, oh, well, I'm, I'm still on book one, right? Which is, which <laughs> okay. I, I've just, I'm just past, I'm just past the read, the truth, read, where, 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 song of the read. Oh. So I'm really at the beginning, okay. you know? So the reed mourns having been cut from the reed bed uh, yeah. and longs to be reunited. Uh, uh, so, um, yeah, separation from God and to be reunited. Uh, okay, yeah. so um, Anne Lee's recommendation is to read, <laughs> to read Rumi, <laughs> to read the collective works of Rumi. Um, and I would expect nothing well, less from you. One. I mean, you know, there's yes, others, absolutely. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would just add that ABBA were very keen on rhyming couplets. Every, every, you know, they rhymed every word. So, uh, yeah. so that's poetry too. Play a CD and, and read, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no problem. The look on Dr. Ann Lee's face. <laughs> Absolute disgust. I just, I have to think about this. ABBA is brilliant. Uh, and, and, and Cam has just woken up to that. <laughs> I, I, okay, I'll write you a thousand word essay and I'll send it to you, okay? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll quote Rumi as well. Um, so, uh, so that brings us to the end of this week's show. And uh, only remains for me now to thank special honored guests, um, Asmil Yunor and Dr. Ann Lee. And before okay. I go, Asmil, you got an album to tell us about? Oh, yeah. Um, how do I put this? Just check out my music video of the song called Penghasut Blues. Yeah, it's uh, great. Yeah, thanks, Ann. Yeah, check it out. Um, it's for the times. Yeah. I think you'll enjoy it rallying against your favorite clown in the news. Cool. Yeah, that's all. I'll leave it there. <laughs> okay. All right. And so that brings us to the end of this week's show. And please join us next week for another exciting episode of A Bit of Culture here on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.